Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Bill Mobshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YP Sport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. And if you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. Yorkshirepost.co.uk So, uh, let's kick this week off by looking at the Premier League and firstly Leeds United. Um, after another narrow and disappointing defeat, uh, this time at the hands of fellow strugglers Everton, um, this saw them drop into the bottom three. Um, since then, uh, the hunt for Jesse Marsh's successor appears to be over, uh, with the former Watford manager Javi uh, Gracia uh, being appointed subject to a work permit. Um, what did you make of the most recent performance, and what are your thoughts on uh, his appointment as uh, as new manager, Stuart? Um, well, I'll, I'll sort of... Um... Bow to Leon in, in terms of the uh, the performance because he he was in good some part. He, he, he didn't read, miss <laughs> I was going to say certainly reading your report, it didn't sound uh, yeah, it didn't sound like a very very inspiring or certainly confidence inspiring perform, performance from Leeds. It sounded like the sort of performance that showed why they needed the clarity of a new manager. Um, and I think I think that is the important thing: clarity. I mean, there's been this talk of flexible contracts which looks like they're they're trying to trying to fudge it a little bit but I think we can say with some confidence that Grazia will be in charge from now until the end of the season and I think they just needed that um you know it's no it's no disrespect to to Michael Scabala but just giving him giving him it on a on a game-to-game basis and then they gave him it for two games and it's turned out he's only done one of them anyway um I think I think you just need that certainty you just need that 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 direction, you know, a new man coming in and saying, look, this is this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it and not thinking in the back of your mind, well, someone else could come in next week and we could be doing things differently. Um, and I think it was important that they got somebody who already knew the Premier League, um, who already knew uh, what it was like to, to, to fight at the, at, at the wrong end of it, as, as Grazia did when he, when he came in at Watford. So, you know, I wouldn't say it was probably absolutely the, the 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 best choice you could come up with you know maybe someone like Rafa Benitez might have been better still although in fairness he took he took Newcastle down when he was parachuted into a into a situation like that but Leeds are not in perfect world territory they've made such a mess of the last couple of weeks they just had to make the best of a bad job really and I think I think they've done that in 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 getting Grazia I think I think having started out with all these big ideas of what they wanted it that Everton game seems to have focused their mind to just what they needed and at least from that point on they've acted quickly and gone out and got someone I mean as we speak now they're now hoping that the home office acts as quickly in terms of his work permit but in terms of their bit you know it seems to have been a pretty quick process between finally deciding right Grazia is what we need and going out and getting them and I hope now that can that can make a big difference because obviously 
this game against Southampton is just it's just huge for them. Um, as I say, all the signs at Everton were that, that, that they really needed needed that lift, and yeah, hopefully this can this can start getting getting if not the best, then certainly a lot more out of a squad which has just been underperforming in terms of results. I think after, I mean, I, I, Stuart certainly never missed, never missed much at, um, at Goodison Park. I think <laughs> after that particular uh, manner of the performance, um, obviously, I just thought there was no hiding place really for the for the board after that. You know, a fair few of them were, were, were sat there but in the main stand at Goodison Park and some of the lead supporters made the feelings known. There were chances to sat the board and also time to go and uh, they don't, I think some of them must have been shuffling uncomfortably in the seats and you know, rightly so really I mean obviously tried to uh, they didn't, didn't get uh, we spoke about it last week they didn't particularly have the ducks in the row after after sacking um, Jesse Marsh the other ones that went for um, they obviously hit, hit a brick wall and it was just massive massive pressure to, to do something after that um, you know a very poor performance again against Everton. Obviously, the huge game coming up against um, Southampton. That, you know, if the, it, perish the thought if they'd have actually done nothing. I mean, it'd have been such, for such, such a toxic afternoon, especially if you know, obviously Southampton had you know going going front, but you know, they've actually actively done something. I, I agree with what Stuart said. I don't think that's is is not the picture perfect option um, that uh, could have. Maybe chosen to go for, but they have to think in the you know in the here and, here and now they're on the club record worst run at Premier League level ten games they won two games in twenty two. He's got he's got experience, you know at um, at Watford at, at that end of the table. I don't you know he did a decent decent job in getting them in his full season there, finishing eleventh into a cup final. Um, by all accounts, the things you've read from former players about him is he's a a, a pretty Calm character, but knows what he's what he's wrong, what he wants, and he's a little bit single-minded. He can organise um, a team, and yeah, I think they could have they could have sort of done worse. He's not he's not perfect by any means, but at least he's you know, he's dipped his toes into into the Premier League waters. I mean, as I've said, there was no real hiding place for the for the board after what happened at um, at Everton and what, what's been going on this winter. I think now that Leeds have got somebody in at least until the end of the season. You know the players; they've got to look, start looking themselves. You know, in, in in the mirror. You know, it's it's over to them. They get uh, in the circumstances that had tremendous support from the from the Leeds supporters. I mean, before they were um, turned to having a little bit of go at the ball, the, the backing was was tremendous at um, at Everton. They're actually louder than the home fans, really. The home fans were a little bit subdued to start with. So it's it's over to the players now for me. They've, there's some individual talent there. They've got to get together and you know crack a few heads maybe amongst each other and work out some some answers themselves. Yeah, I mean that that's one thing about having this uncertainty. You know, it, it, there's uncertainty in itself, and then it gives people an excuse. And and now that excuse is gone for the players. You know they they know what they know what's what for now until the end of the season. It's up to them to deliver. And and just on on, on Grazia as well. I, th- I think this is his thirteenth club since he started out in two thousand and seven. Which on the one hand 
doesn't fill you with confidence. But on the other hand, you should at the very least know how to come into a club and hit the ground running. This is not this is not a man who comes in and builds clubs. It's no, this isn't time for that. And uh, they need somebody to come in to come in and, and act quickly and get his ideas across. And with the sort of background he's had of jumping from job to job, uh, he should be uh, he should be well versed in that at the very least. Hmm. He should certainly know how to work with different per- personalities and nationalities as well. Exactly. Uh, in regards to that, that's uh, positive. Yeah, I mean, it's just over to the over to the players now. I think I mentioned it briefly last week. You know, even when Patrick Bamford was talking about Skabala, the first thing he called him was Scoobs. And they had this little, like a little almost supply teacher element almost, wasn't it? I mean, he's, he's a very personable, personable guy, but I've... I, for the life of me, I can't imagine him ripping into the players at, at half-time at uh, Goodison Park, which is what an, an experienced manager certainly would have done uh, on that show. You know, they need, they need somebody to respect and look up to a bit. And his, his, his track records, he's decent, his grouts here. So, obviously, a huge first game to start with. But if he can get a get a win there, he's, he's off and running. It can change the con- complexion of things and how Leeds need a need a massive boost, don't they? You know, forget the forget the cup games. It's you know, it's all about staying in the in the Premier League this season. Yeah. I just think I mean you you know, you might be able to point to odd examples over the course of history, but if somebody's never managed before, you want them to do start their first job in June, July, not in February, March sort of time. This is this is no time to be messing about with novices. You know, as Huddersfield Town have have, have recognised and as other clubs have you know, at this time of year, you just need to get somebody who, who's 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 been there and done it, and and at least it's taken them, you know, probably two weeks too long, but at least Leeds have got to that point now. Next, we turn our attention to the championship. Um, firstly, uh, Sheffield United, who fell to their second consecutive defeat uh, when they lost three-two away at Millwall. Um, this now closes the gap between them and third-placed Middlesbrough to just four points. Um, is this a cause for concern or j- just a blip? Do you think, Leon? I think at the minute it's it's a little little bit of a blip. I mean, most. I mean, I mean, you look at Burnley; they they really are running away with it, aren't they? But you know, when you look at most seasons, most teams automatic going for automatic promotion. They do have little little pockets of games um, just like this. I mean, obviously, Sheffield United's misfortune the loss to the team who probably well who they wouldn't have wanted to lose against first up in, in Middlesbrough, you know, currently the closest rivals. And then, obviously, a short, pretty short turnaround. It's uh, it's a tough game going to Millwall at the best of times, but a Millwall side who were, who were in the mix for the, the top six. So that was always going to be a, an exacting gig. And, um, yeah, so it, so it proved. But uh, I think it's one of those, if they lose... They've got a tough, on a tough run of games at the minute. If they lose to Watford at home on Saturday... And Middlesbrough managed to get a result, and to be fair, Borough have got a tough game as well going to um, West Brom. Then there will be, um, I think, the alarm bells will will certainly start to ring. They can sense it a little bit amongst some sections of the support. But um, yeah, so I, I, I think it could be quite telling this week. I mean, it could be down potentially. Middlesbrough win, Sheffield United lose. It's, it's one point. Sheffield United having a game in hand. But um, yeah, we're just kind of going to have to have to wait and see. There's still almost a third of the, the season left. I still think there's enough quality um, and character, mental strength in the in, in, in the ranks at Sheffield United 
and not to panic and to you know try and keep on course. And you, know, you look at the games they've got; they've got some pretty tough fixtures. The minute they play Millwall, they play Borough. They've got Watford. I think they've got the likes of Sunderland and and Luton coming up. On the flip side for Sheffield United, if they can get a couple of wins there, then it can really, really turn around. And as, as strong as Middlesbrough's form has been, it's going to be pushing it some to expect they're going to keep this up for the uh, rest of the season. But uh, the thing to say is it's going to be a fascinating weekend in, in that regard. Obviously, two uh, Sheffield United and Middlesbrough both have uh, tough old games. Yeah, I think, you know, if you if you listen to everything Leon and I said in last week's podcast about Sheffield United's, you know, mental character and how they wouldn't get too flustered and what have you, we'd sound a bit daft if we were suddenly panicking What one result yeah. further on, you know, especially a, a defeat away at Millwall, which is, as Leon said, is, is one of those is one of those games you do not want on the back of on the on the back of one defeat. I, I, I still think for all the reasons Leon's outlined, actually, um, I think I think they will get through this. I think it, you know, it might be harder work than they expected, but I don't think this is a group that that shies away and is scared off by no. by hard work. That that's that's the thing, and and you know maybe for them the fact that they've got Tottenham in the FA Cup in midweek, maybe that might just ease the pressure a bit, bit of a bit of a change of scenery, bit of a free hit game amidst all these sort of games where quite rightly much is expected of them. Um, so I'm I'm certainly not at the panic stage yet. You know, if we're talking on this podcast a few weeks down the line and they're still losing, then yeah, I probably will be will be starting yeah. to uh, to worry a bit more about them. But at, at this stage, I think my 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 sort of confidence in that it, it's just the it's just the nous within that group. I think I think a younger group with the same level of talent, I think I'd be more worried about. But the fact that they've the fact that they've been there and done it, and and the fact you know, as as Leon has pointed out, that as, as good as Middlesbrough have been. They're going to have to keep their foot down, you know, really all the way to the end of the season in a notoriously difficult, um, you know, division to be consistent in. Um, I, I think ultimately that that ten point cushion that has already started to be to be whittled away. I think that that will that will prove to be decisive for Sheffield United. Yeah, I, I think it's just a little bit unfortunate in this respect that one or two of the big players have just had a little bit of a. A little bit of a form did really, haven't they? The likes of um, the guy who's been, you know, he's been outstanding all season, hasn't he? One of the, the best forward players in the in the division. Everybody knows about Sanderberg as well. Uh, what quality he brings to the table, Ollie Norwood as well. I, I think there's a few of them who've um, perhaps suffered a little bit of a dip um, simultaneously. But you know, it's the old saying, isn't it? Form forms temporary, but class is permanent, and you. You know, look at the squad options that Sheffield United have have got as well. You know, people like you know, maybe the, the John Flex of this world to, to come back in and maybe get a run. And you know, one of the strongest, if not the, the strongest squad in the division. And um, yeah, I think I, you know, I agree with what's, what Stuart said. I, I think there's enough there to to hold the nerve and and get over this little bit of a of a tough time that they're having. And there's a lot of senior professionals in there. Who've been in this this situation probably countless times in the, in the career? You know, it could often happen, can't it? Just as we're approaching the run, in a few little nerves and a few uh, dodgy results here and there, and uh, you know, it can inspire a side who are, who are chasing you and give them confidence. But there's still, 
you know, there's still over two months of the, you know, two and a half months of the of the season to go, which is which is a long time. And uh, next, our attention uh, turns to Middlesbrough, who recorded their fifth successive victory uh, when they went head-to-head with Queen's Park Rangers. Um, with the run of form that they're currently on at the moment, is it a realistic ambition for Michael Carrick and his team to aim for one of those um, automatic promotion places, seeing as the gap is now uh, sort of narrowing, Stuart? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, despite everything I've said about Sheffield United, you know, for, if you're looking at it from Middlesbrough's perspective, mm. you, you're probably thinking that it that it is, and that, you know, there's no harm in that. But you know, in terms of the in terms of the dressing room, I mean, Carrick's been very much just look at the next game. The the, the the bigger picture will look after itself, and you know, given that that's the mentality that's just brought them five wins on the trot, I think they should just just carry on carry on like that what the, what they're doing now is working just just keep the ball rolling i mean goodness knows if anybody knows what it's like to you know compete at the top of a table it's it's michael carrick so if 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 he's refusing to look beyond the west bromwich albion game and 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 think about things beyond that go with it you know sort of thing um you know the, they've got some they've got some difficult games uh, ahead you know as 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 Leon's pointed out, you know, it's, it's never easy in the championship, but they just need to, I say, keep the ball rolling and see where it takes takes them. Because, you know, if I say when the gap's only four points, you know, it, it's it's got to be on. But if they do fall short, it's going to be a really, really competitive playoffs this season. And they need to make sure that they're A, in them, and, and B, in, in the best nick possible you know, to be in them because we we saw how they you know they fell away after Easter last season. Um, it would be it would be tragic if you know in a footballing sense if 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 that was to happen to them two years running. So they they've just got to keep the focus really and keep ploughing on. I think to be honest, for a lot of the season they've been, you know, it has been one one game at a time, really, hasn't it? You, you have to, it's it's difficult now to think back that you know obviously when Carrick came in there were. They were fourth, fourth from bottom. I mean, I remember went to the first game at, at Preston, which they uh, which they lost. And you know, when you're out in that situation, you certainly can't look too far ahead, can you? It, it is literally one game at, at a time, and obviously the season's flipped round for Middlesbrough. But you know that that sort of policy still remains the same, even though they're obviously chasing something you know entirely different. Yeah, I mean the standards that they're hitting in terms of. You know, offensive players is is as good as anyone's in the in the division, isn't it? Over over the course that Carrick's been there, twelve wins out of sixteen. I think they've won the last uh, five league games on the spin. I think they'll be very anxious if they are going to stay in this in this fight with if Sheffield United, if you like. You know, they'll be desperate that um, you know Tuber Akpom stays stays fit and fresh. And um, probably Archer as well. He's he's made a made a difference. It, yeah, it was a good. Um, I thought it was a, you know good signs for them in the respect. That obviously, they played a, a side in QPR who've been struggling, but QPR had had a had a day's extra to prepare, and by all accounts, were decent in the first half. But he mixed it around a little bit. Dan Balassa got a start. He made a, a good contribution with a with a great cross for Pompe's goal. Um, the, the lad they got on loan from Aston Villa, Ramsey also got a game. So there's some encouraging signs that one or two other 
players are, are stepping in and, and putting their hand up. But uh, yeah, they have. They've just got a, you know, the confidence. If they do manage to get a, a win at, I mean, I think a draw wouldn't be a bad result at West Brom. That said, but if they if they got a win, then the confidence will be will be cursing through the through the, the veins. I mean, it's, it's a tough game, West Brom. They they sort of slipped away a little bit, but they'll be they'll be desperate to to win that, and they have improved under under Corbyn. But uh, yeah, it's. It, It'll be fascinating to see how they how they get on on, on Saturday. And they've got a, they've got a, they've got some difficult fixtures middle, but they've got quite a few at at home as well. And I think they've won something like five or six on the on the spin at home. But so again, it's head head of ourselves really here. And um, you know, we've spoken about Carrick having that mentality, mentality one game at a time. Every game is a big game, which is you know when he was playing for Man- Manchester United, that's what it was like. So. He'll certainly stay nice and focused and calm. You know, you're listening to his, his press conferences and, and he, he exudes that calmness, doesn't he? So I'm, I'm sure he'll be drumming that message home to his players as well. And uh, Hull City is where we head to next. Um, after their 0-0 draw at home to Preston North End, uh, with 13 games left and six points outside the playoffs, um, is it too much to hope for a playoff challenge uh, from Liam Rossini and his men, Leon? Yeah, probably so. But I think we mentioned last week. It's now is not really the time for Hull to be putting too much uh, pressure on the cells. I, I think there'll be, I think there'll be a quiet sense of relief in the, in the corridors of power that they've, you know, a they've pulled out of any any sort of trouble at the at the wrong end of the table. Obviously, when Liam Rossini came in, it wasn't a particularly uh, great looking. Um, sketch was it by any means? Obviously, some some really um, poor form and results at home. You know, conceding the first goal in the first half of games, and and they didn't particularly look. It looked a team of individuals really, as opposed to a to a team. So that's been the that's been a big thing for me that uh, Rossini has done. He's made them more organised and durable, and uh, and and together really. And you know, that's been. That's been for me. That's been his best achievement so far. There's not not really a time to put too much pressure on. And as I think as Stuart said last week, he's he's got to have one eye on on next season as well. I mean, which which players will he really be able to count on and trust as he probably builds a side truly in his in his own image? So obviously, I think they've had three three games without a win. Just picked up a. A couple of draws, but he's done plenty of good work as as we've seen you since he's been in the building. So it's, it's not really a time to put pressure on in terms of, of the playoffs. And as we mentioned before, I think there can be one of those dangerous teams, Hull, as, as we get into March and April. The playing teams right at, at the top, they'll give them uh, a, a problem or two. I think. Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed to hear that they they got booed off um, after the nil nil draw with Preston. I mean, you know. I haven't been at those three winless games. They've only scored one goal in that time, so perhaps it is justified. But you know, I just sort of look at it in terms of they're only outside of the top half on goal difference. Um, six, six weeks ago, I think most Hull fans would have sold a kidney for that. Um, you know, they were they were really in a relegation battle, and they've they've you know they've they've certainly pulled away from that. I think I think they're making progress, but I think you've just got to be 
you've just got to be realistic about you know where they are and and and, and what they've what they've done. Um, as I said last week, I think it I think it's more about about more about next season than this. But um, I think if I was a Hull fan, I'd be a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident in my team for the fact that that Liam Rossini's got got in and taken hold of this hold of this football team. I, I you know I, I think you can't you know it's far bit for me to tell fans how to support their club, but um, I, I think I'd just be you know positive and, and 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 looking forward to the games at the moment, even though you know the last three haven't been. Does it sound like they've been? thrill a minute and you know haven't been the best performances I think you've just got to look at the bigger picture and just be relieved more than pleased um, yeah. that they're you know that they're disappointed to be to be drawing some of these games I think they've just got to remember where they've come from really Stuart haven't they, they exactly yeah had a, had a desperate run earlier in the um, in the season particularly in the autumn and you know, if you look at it now with all the steps um, they might not have obviously scored on Started against Preston, but they kept three home clean sheets in a row. And given some of the defensive deficiencies earlier in the season, you know you've got to doff your cap to that because you know a little before the senior arrived, particularly you didn't you struggled to see them keeping one clean sheet, let let alone three in a row. So I just thought there's a little bit of realism there. You know, um, Hull have made strides under the senior since he's come in. And, uh, you know, Rome wasn't built, built in a day and you can't have everything, can you? But I think there's been some important building blocks put in place. And uh, turning to the lower end of the table uh, and Rotherham United, whose current run of form is worrying to say the least. Um, after losing uh, 2-0 at home to Coventry, they hosted Sunderland and came away with all three points with their 2-1 victory of the Black Cats. Um, with the Millers, w- will the Millers be feeling slightly more comfortable now that um, they're five points clear of the drop zone, Stuart? Yeah, yes, they will. Is the is, is the honest answer? I mean, I I'm not even sure I'm that worried by their form. I mean, I'm probably not the best uh, placed person to, to say. And I've seen three of their last uh, five games, and the two I didn't see were the two they've lost. But you know, they they have only lost two from six. Mm. Um. And they are certainly a lot more, excuse me, a lot more solid defensively than uh, than was the case, you know, before Christmas. Um, Ollie Rathbone's in in great form for them at the moment. Uh, Taylor moved Tariq Fossil off the wing into central midfield um, for the Sunderland game, and that worked really well. You know, they, they did have to ride the look a bit uh, against Sunderland, but I think I think they own the look with the way they. With the way they played, um, I think we've said all along, and I, you know, I've certainly not changed my view on this. I think it's going to go, you know, right to the to the wire for Rotherham. They they play Wigan on the last day of the season, and you wouldn't be surprised if they went into that game needing something. But but you know, frankly, if they stay up on goals scored, you know, with a ninety fifth minute. Winner in the final game of the season, you know, from a guy that was three yards offside who clearly handled the ball but got away with it. You take that. You they just have to stay in the division this season. That that is the the the, the start and end of it. Uh, and, and I do believe that there's a, there's enough there for them to do it. I just don't think that there's so much there 
that you could say it with absolute confidence. I think it's going to be squeaky bum time from now until the end of the season. But as I say, if they, if they if they get there, I don't think any Miller's fan is going to be too bothered about how they do it. I think after what happened at, at, at Cardiff the other year, when obviously it was desperately heartbreaking what happened late, late on, if, they, if one if one goes in that's three yards offside in the third minute of of stoppage time to to save Rotherham, they'll. Uh, I think it's probably karma, really, after the one happened there. Yes, exactly. If anybody's due a break right at the end of the championship relegation um, battle, it's it's certainly rather. Than that. I think the encouraging thing is that they just keep chipping away, don't they? they, 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 they seems to well, it's in time in memorial, really. They have these sort of five, six games where you you really do start to um, to worry about Rotherham, and then they'll pick up a. Um, not necessarily a, a win from absolutely nowhere, but maybe a win that you weren't, not everybody was expected. Mm, you said you expected to beat Sunderland, did you? No, I mean, I mean it's a case in poison. It's sure the, the game is Blackburn as well. If, if, yes, um, a, month, a month and a half ago, whenever it was, that was similar. You know, we're facing a you know a high flying side there, and and ditto Sheffield United as well when they when they went there, and certainly nobody was. Was expected that, so that's the that's the positive thing for me. It suggests they've got a, a a good mindset and character in there, and they're all together. You know, having these little dodgy spells and then chiselling out an important win and wins against good sides as well. You know, Sunderland are a good side, and you know Blackburn decent. Everybody knows about Sheffield United, so that's that, that's encouraging. And I, I do think, like like Stuart, it is they've got a a little bit of a of a buffer at the minute, but I do think it could be it could be seat of the of the pants stuff. But you know, I'm encouraged by the options that, that Rotherham have as well. They they had a good January and they've had some some pretty indifferent ones in the transfer market over the past uh, decade or so. They've, you know, they've got one or two options there. You know, you look at up front. There's obviously Hugel, there's Washington, there's. Um, um, Georgie Kelly as well as back from injury even he can even throw a, a Tom Eves into the mix so maybe got a little bit more at their disposal that, than they've had in, in in previous years and they've you know got some seniority and experience at the back um, Lee Peltier's um, putting his hand up uh, Grant Hall as well although I, I think he came off injured didn't he on on, um, on Tuesday night so you'll be hoping that he's not um, out too long but yeah, I think they're um, they're doing as 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 well as could be expected, Rotherham. And um, you know, I was encouraged by that result. You know, on, on Tuesday night, some of the real sort of Rotherham United type perform performance. You know, the threats in the box and everybody doing doing the job, high energy. So um, yeah, that's uh, that was a good good sign for me. But I, I think I think I agree with Stuart. I think they will stay. They will stay up, Rotherham, and I think it will be it'll be pretty tight. I, I think they've they've got a good structure there defensively. You know, I think they've got two good goalkeepers. Never mind one. Um, yeah. With the likes of Kielder and Fosu, who's on loan for the Premier League, you can see the little bits of quality that you kind of expect from that. Um, they Fosu and, and Rathbone, particularly going forward, fill me with a, a lot of confidence. Um, and, and you know the, those strikers up front, you can rely on them. You know if if you if you give them enough service, it's 
for me, the, the Rotherham question is always: can they can they just give them give those players enough enough service, create enough chances? But you know, Rathbone and Ferguson's got two outstanding goals in Tuesday night game. That was one of those nights when they, when they got the balance right. There'll be there'll be other nights where they just don't quite do enough. You know, Blackpool was was a case in point. But so long as they're so long as they're strong at the other end, I do, I do believe I do believe there's that there's enough there. And uh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say I wouldn't say to Rotherham fans don't panic because it's going to be a really nervy next couple of months. There's no getting away. From. At least at least they know what they're facing at least they're not deluding themselves that you know oh we won't get sucked into this relegation battle or 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 we're too good to be in this relegation battle they know they're in for a fight they're up for a fight and uh hopefully this can be the you know finally the season where they crack it yeah i mean i think i mean you look at it i think the lions share with the points the artist will probably come at home and we've spoken about obviously the win against Sunderland being a bit of a a typical high energy Rotherham United performance, if if you like, in the best um, traditions of, of years gone by. But I mean, you look at them away from home as well. I mean, all right, they haven't won too many games, but they've got some good points away. They've in the lights of Luton, they've gone to Watford and, and got and got a got a good good draw there. And I know we've spoken before, Matt Taylor, that you, you know changing it up, being a little bit um, funky tactically, doing something different. I think yeah, I never covered the game at Sheffield. I don't know. I know Stuart did by, by all the crowds. There it, it was a few, there was a few sort of tactical switches there, which obviously paid off with a brilliant result. So I think he'll maybe think a little bit outside the box for some of these um, away games that they've got coming up, and maybe have a plan or two uh, up up his sleeve. So you know that that's that's encouraged me as well. So yeah, I think. I think, like Stuart said, I, I think it will be very close, but I've got a good feeling about Rotherham this time. And uh, finally for this week, we head to Huddersfield Town, uh, who will be buoyed uh, by a much-needed home victory against Birmingham City uh, in Neil Warnock's first game back in charge. Um, things still look pretty bleak for the Terriers, but do you think um, they've got enough um, to, to escape early on? Well, Stuart was there for the... For the um... Jamboree, if you like, on on, on Saturday, we're just delighted that that Huddersfield gave themselves a bit of hope. First of all, you know, by all accounts, it was a you know a desperately poor performance at at Stoke in midweek. You know, Stoke hadn't been doing that particularly well either, had they? And they got you know well beaten there. I did the I did the Blackpool and Wigan game, and um, they just looked to particularly the Wigan game. They just looked to side with. No confidence whatsoever. Certainly going going forward. So, you know, the first port of call, would, you know, was getting three, uh, three points on the board. The first thing was the first win since just after Christmas, wasn't it? So that's sort of the first part of the of the, of the mission accomplished. In, you know, so many more cup finals for for Huddersfield. I'm just, just pleased. He just seems to have got. Everybody sort of giving a, a, a bit of belief again at at, at Huddersfield. It's a very interesting team selection. You know, he, he, uh, young Humbo was played up front. It was good to see Danny Ward back. I wasn't overly surprised. I mean, said that he's been a big player in Warnock's um, sides of your, you know, the likes of Rotherham and um, and Cardiff. He's a player that Warnock can trust. Good to see Michael Hellick back and. 
you know some good man management already from from Warnock. You know, he's talking up some of the of the younger players. You know, great contribution from Jahima um, Headley. I saw a little bit of him that's at Harrogate on loan earlier this season. Although it's it's a couple of levels down, he he looked very accomplished um, going forward. You know, he, he, confidence and, and a bit of pace. And yeah, it's just you just think everybody at the club really needed that um, that Philip, and uh, you know, it must have been a good to be part of Stuart. Yeah, well, it 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 was just that. Just that sense of belief. I think that is yeah. genuinely the most important thing about Neil Warnock walking through the door because not only do Huddersfield Town players believe, oh, we could do something here, every other team in the relegation battle will believe, oh, they yeah. could do something yeah. here. And yeah. that that's really significant. You know, you can't get away from the mental side of whether it be chasing for the playoffs, competing for a title or, or relegation. Yeah. A lot of it is down to just believing you can do things which, you know, maybe sometimes you can't, but you you just sort of push yourself on that little bit further. And, you know, there were all the, there were all the sort of things that you'd expect. You know, Danny Ward played as well as you'd expect. And, you know, Tom Lees was as reliable as as you'd expect. And, they you know, they worked as hard as, as a team which would have to face Neil Warnock in the dressing room afterwards if they didn't would perform and all this sort of thing. But, you know, the, the pleasing thing, you know, Leon's already mentioned, you know, Hungbo and Headley and, and, and Bill Kapic, the young goalkeeper, was was really good as well. You know, the, the couple, yeah. some of the young players really rose to the challenge. And, we, you know, there's all these stereotypes about Warwick. You know, we know them all. You know, he's, a, he's an angry man on the touchline who gets, his, who gets a, t- a team of old blokes to play long ball football and run until they drop. But, you know, you, you don't last 43 years in management if it's as, as simple as that. He, he, they played some nice stuff through the midfield at, at, at times. You know, they, they, he, he got the best out of the young players as well. He had the foresight to see a winger like Hungbo and think, he can do a job for me uh, as, as, as a centre forward. And, and, and David Kasumo, a holding midfielder, who never played wingback for Huddersfield and say, Actually, he could do he could do well for me at wing back and 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 so on and so forth. You know, there were there were lots of lots of good elements to that. And and you know, let, let's let's be in no doubt about it. In this podcast, in two or three weeks' time, you know, the bubble will have burst one week. And, you know, quite possibly after they've gone to Burnley, we'll be talking about oh no, you know, Huddersfield in a right mess. They've just conceded five goals at Burnley, as Neil Warner keeps joking about. There will be setbacks, um, but. You know, you just you believe that they can get their way out of it, and I think the fact that after Burnley, three of the next four games are at home, yeah. where yeah. I'm sure the crowd will be be bigger on the on the back of what happened on Saturday. I'm sure they'll be even noisier, and they're pretty noisy on Saturday. Uh, there will be that belief. Other teams will just not want to go to go and play there, and and I think they can. I think they can really trade on that. And I say it'll be down to, you know, in the same way as we talked about Sheffield United before, it'll be down to Warnock and his senior players to sort of ride through the bumps that there will be in the road. And again, like Rotherham, because they've left themselves so much mm. to do, they're not going to cruise this. Um, but I I believe so much more that they can do it than I did, you know, the day before Neil Warnock arrived. And and I think that will be true of of them and of other other teams as well. Yeah, I think the fact they played well going forward, I mean, as much as everybody talks yeah. about the in you know, the Warnock thing, obviously galvanising everybody, the crowd, uh, you know, the, the, the spirit and 
football organisation among the players. I don't think he, I think he has sort of during his career he's been tarred with this sort of long ball brush a little bit unfairly really. But I think don't get me wrong, he like he's in terms of his defenders, he wants them to get it get it out of harm's way and get it get it forward. But in terms of the final third, I think he's 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 always been been a fan of players, you know, to ex, to express themselves and you know, you know, playing playing some some nice quality football in you know in the in the final third where there's, where there's chances, good interplay. So you know, and I, I think he's always been happy with his with his sides. Um, you know, doing doing that. So uh, I think as much as all these th- stuff about things being encouraging, the fact they were creating chances and you know they scored two great goals as well. That was close to be at the at the top of the list. I, I agree with Stuart. I think they, it's going to be like with Rotherham. It's going to be a close run thing for for Huddersfield. One I probably wouldn't wouldn't have it any any other way really. You know, you look at the you look at some of the the away games they've got, and you know I think they've got. Burnley, West Brom, Millwall, Sunderland, Fuelers as well. There's some really, really hard ones, and you know you can imagine in all the press conferences that they're pretty much going to be the same. It's going to be the same tune from um, from Warnock. He'll really will talk up all the teams that that Huddersfield are playing away from home, and I'm probably right, rightly so in in some respects. So, but you know you wouldn't be surprised if if Rotherham, uh, Rotherham if um, Huddersfield chipped a winner two. Along the way, there he um, he did it at at Rotherham when they stayed up six or seven years ago, and them going to Hillsborough and winning in particular. But I, I do think the lion's share of it will probably you know it will, it will come at home and making you know making Huddersfield a really difficult place to go again, where you know the fans are all are all together as one, which were obviously in the glory times under under David Wagner, it was it was one of the best atmospheres around, wasn't it? Uh, going to the John Smith Stadium, getting a little bit of of, um, of that back, and and having that intensity on the pitch, and you know, turning turning match days into into occasions again at, at Huddersfield, which is you know what uh, refreshingly happened against Birmingham by the sound of it. Yeah, and then you know the significant thing. You know, you talk about the away games. All Huddersfield's away games from the rest of the season are really difficult for different reasons. Yeah. You know, Burnley, West Brom, Millwall. We talked about with regards to Sheffield United, Watford, Swansea, yeah. Sunderland, and then Cardiff. You know, who they'll be fighting with as their last away game. They're all really difficult away games, but they've all suddenly become really difficult home games for Burnley, yeah. West Brom, Millwall, Watford, Swansea, Sunderland and Cardiff. They won't want to face Huddersfield. The last thing you want to do when you're, when you're going for promotion or when you're trying to stay up is to play a Neil Warnock team. Mm. They'll, 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 you know, they'll, be, they'll be feeling the pressure in those games. Um, it, it's, 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 it's really tipped tip the balance. And they say some of them will have the class to come through it and you know Huddersfield might take a, take a pasting or two, but you know they'll be back for more in the next one. You know, you, you know that if they if they were to get hammered at Burnley, it won't make West Brom's job any easier. Um, and and that's you know that's that's the effect one good managerial appointment can make on a football club. I think the home some of the home games as well. Stuart, looking down at them, they've got they've got Norwich who are in, who are right in the mix, Middlesbrough right in the mix, Blackburn as well, Sheffield United. You know, as there'll be teams that will go to Huddersfield and they'll be. They'll be alive to the warnock factor as well. They're not the sort. Well, he's not. He's certainly not the sort to hand out free lunches, is he? So yeah, it just all adds to the um, adds to the intrigue. And yeah, it'll be 
it'll, I think it'll certainly be an, ev- an eventful final third of the of the season at Huddersfield, but let's just hope it's a successful one. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at yp.sport at nationalworld.com, or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at nationalworld.com. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.